Amen. Would you remain standing? Good evening, everyone. So grateful to have you here tonight. And thank you uh, for those of you who came tonight as a missional move to open up your seat tomorrow for neighbors uh, to hear the gospel of Jesus. Thank you so much for that. We want to give attention to our passage this Easter weekend, which is found in Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. And my favorite person in the world is going to read it tonight. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said he would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. May God bless the reading of his word to each one of us. You may be seated. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. It's hard to describe, isn't it? It's hard to describe uh, those words and the meaning of those words to us, the Easter message. Uh, Let me try. Easter is the single greatest event in the history of humanity. It's the most important thing that has ever happened. Easter is the reason for Christmas. It's the reason why Jesus came. And Easter changes everything. It changed everything. And it still is, even tonight. Easter is like this. It's like going to the optometrist, the eye doctor, for the very first time, which some of us have have done, started doing, right? I did a couple of years ago and it was amazing to be able to see clearly for the first time in years. Easter is like this little guy who was blind but was given corrective glasses and was able to see his mama for the very first time clearly. What do you think, bud? What do you think? Can you see me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you see. You can see. Isn't that fun? Isn't it amazing? You can see. Yeah, I know. That's what Easter is. It's seen for the very first time. It's the light of Christ coming into our dark world. And the good news, friends, tonight is that the same light that came into the world that shone through the empty grave on Easter morning still shines today. It's the light that we live in today and see all the world through. And aren't you glad for second chances in life? Aren't you glad for technology and doctors who can give people second chances? Aren't you glad that Easter is the ultimate second chance? 
If we needed proof that God believes in second chances for for us, if you come in here tonight saying, I need a second chance, maybe you need a third chance or a fourth or a fifth, that God is the God of second chances. And Easter is the proof for that. That very first Easter, look at verse one in Matthew 28 again, if you have your scriptures. That very first Easter is described by Matthew is as a new day dawning. Light coming into the world, a second chance. The light of Christ shining into our brokenness and our darkness. And here's the deal, guys. Everyone watch this. Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, is not good advice about how you can love God or make your way to God. Easter is good news about how God loved you and made his way to you. You've heard me say it before. It's worth saying again this Easter weekend. Every other world religion, and some of you have explored them, every other world religion in some form or fashion says you've got to do something or be something to work your way to God. Christianity alone says that God worked his way to you and loved you when you were running in the other direction. And that's what the gospel is, that through the person and the work of Jesus, God has fully accomplished salvation for you and for me, and that is the good news of Easter. And if Easter is a new day dawning, like Matthew says, then what does that mean for us? If you have a a pen or a piece of paper or anything to take notes on, maybe just jot down a few of these things that that happen because of Easter in your life. And and what happens as a result of Easter being a new day dawning for all of humanity. And let's look back at the scriptures to see. Matthew says that if Easter is a new day dawning, it means we can leave our graveyards behind. What does that mean? Well, look at verses two through six again. And listen to these words, by the way. Listen to the description that Matthew gives of that very first uh, Sunday, that Easter Sunday morning. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning. His clothing was white as snow. The guards, they shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And the angel says to the women, don't be afraid. doesn't say to the guards, by the way. They're out. Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus. And by the way, some of you are here tonight because you're looking for Jesus. You're searching for Jesus. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The angel says, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead. That's the Easter message. Just like he said would would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. I love this descriptive language. There was an earthquake. Uh, the, the angel sits on the stone, which by the way, how many of you grew up with brothers? Any of you grew up with brothers? How many of you had siblings that you argued and wrestled with? How about that? Okay. The ultimate finishing move, right, with your sibling is to sit on them, right? <laughs> it's like you can't do anything about it. I'm just going to sit on you. And I love that the angel sits on the stone. And I just imagine him crossing his arms and his legs, and there's nothing the devil can do about it. It's the finishing move that death has been defeated. 
And it says that the guards, when they took all this in, the earthquake and the, the, the clothing that was white as snow and the face like lightning, they just fall down as dead men. They can't process it and take it all in. But the angel says to the women who had gathered there, don't be afraid. It's a refrain that's repeated all throughout the scriptures, by the way. Don't be afraid. Fear not, fear not. Go all the way back to the, East, or the Christmas narrative. How many times Mary and Joseph heard from the angel, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what God wants to do in and through your life. You know, one of the most profound questions in all of the Bible actually happens on Easter morning. And Luke captures it in his gospel in Luke chapter 24, verse 5. He asks this question of the women at the tomb. He says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for light in dark places? Or as the, the old country song used to say, uh, looking for love. You've heard that one too? Looking for love in all the wrong places. And we do that, don't we? We look for light in dark places. We look for things of life and things of death. We, we hang out in the graveyard of our past looking for value and meaning and purpose and life. God wired each of us to find those things. And when we don't find value and meaning and purpose and life and love in Christ, we'll look for it any other place. And we hang out in all these different graveyards looking for what only Jesus can give to us. We wander around the graveyards of uh, the past, for many of us, we're, we're caught in the past. We're, we're sort of walking into the future, looking in the past. And it's dangerous, isn't it? it an old wound or, or trauma or relationship, maybe a family dynamic that's even troubling you this weekend. Something that's happened in your life that you just feel stuck. Maybe a past a mistake or regret or something that you feel ashamed of in your life and you feel unworthy to receive a new day dawning or a second chance. And Easter is the good news that you can leave the graveyard of your past. That you're not a product of your past mistakes. That you're not a culmination of your worst moments. That in Christ, you are the culmination of his best moment, which is the resurrection. That's where you get your identity from. And here's the deal, guys. I know some of us, were just getting to know each other tonight. But if you don't allow the love of Jesus to deal with your past, it will show up in your present and in your future. And in the future, the people that love you most. Easter reminds us that Jesus settled the mistakes of our past, our present, and even our future. So we don't have to hang out in the graveyards of our past mistakes anymore. We don't have to look for life and light in dark and dead places. Here's the deal. Jesus rose from the grave and he left. And so should you. And by the power of his spirit, we can. In fact, Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, listen to this, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he'll give you life to your mortal bodies by the name of his, uh, of his spirit living within you. He goes on to say in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like freedom to me. Sounds like permission to leave the graveyard of my past mistakes. Jesus rose from the grave and he bolted. And so should you. If Easter is a new day dawning, it means we can leave our graveyards. And it means secondly, if you're taking notes, that you can live with purpose. So many of us are looking for purpose in our life. So many of us hit the pillow at night wondering, what on earth am I here for? You know, C.S. Lewis said there's two basic questions that every person asks. Is there a God? And can he be trusted with my life? Is there a purpose? Is there a meaning? Is there a reason for it all? And I want you to listen to verse 7, to the purpose that God gives, not just to the women at the tomb, but to every single one of us. He says, go now quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You're going to see him there. Remember what I have told you you. Told people, tell people. Loved people, love people. Hurt people, hurt people. The angel says to the women and to every single one of us who follow Jesus, you've been told the greatest story ever. Now go quickly and tell other people the story and use your story to tell other people the story of Jesus. And you say, I don't think I can do it. If there was ever a reason for people to think they couldn't do it, it was the disciples. Look at the first name mentioned in the narrative, by the way, Mary Magdalene. What a past. Talk about a past. And yet God met her in her worst moment and redeemed her and she left her past and embraced the future story and purpose that God had for her. And it's no mistake that she's right there on the very first Sunday morning here of Easter and receiving that message to give to other people. Can you imagine the honor and the privilege that was given to this woman who was redeemed and saved from a life of brokenness and now she's the very first person to go and tell the disciples the good news of the gospel that Jesus is alive. There's no mistake in that. God is a God of second chances and he wants to use your story to tell his story. And he wants to use your life and your gifts and your personalities, whatever your vocation may be, to tell his story, to go quickly and tell other people the greatest story ever. And by the way, the more cracks there are in the, the pot of your life, the container of your life, the brighter the light of Jesus can shine out from you. And believe me, there's been so many moments and times in my life where I thought, I don't have a story to tell. I'm disqualified. There's nothing I could say or do. There's so many things and so many broken places in my life. How in the world could God ever use me? Any of you ever been there? Paul said it this way, in my weakness, the power of Christ is made strong. It's through my brokenness that God tells his complete story. 
So here's my message to you tonight if you feel disqualified to go quickly and tell the good news to other people, to run from the graveyard of your past and to live with purpose. My message to you is this, that you have a song to sing, that God has given you a unique story to tell his greater story. You have a mission to fulfill. You know, the disciples, by the way, where are they on Easter Sunday? They're hiding. They've all turned away from Jesus. Talk about a group of people that could have lived in their shame and felt so disqualified, so unworthy to carry the story of Jesus, and yet Jesus comes to them and commissions them to go and do just that. It's the reason why we're here. I wonder who will be here next year because you've gone and told the story of Jesus. I wonder who will be in heaven one day because you live out the purposes of God in your life. Go quickly and tell other people the truth. And what's the key? Everyone watch this. What is the key, what's the secret to living on mission for God, to living with purpose? You ever wonder that? What is my purpose and what's the key? What's the secret to living the purposes of God? It's right here. Matthew 28, verse 7. Go quickly and tell the other disciples, I'm going before them to Galilee. And here's the final words. Remember what I have told you. That's the secret. We tend to remember things that we should forget. And we forget things that we should remember. And the angel says to the women and to each of us, remember what I've told you. Remember the story of God and go quickly and tell other people the story through your story. And by the way, if you're here tonight and you're kicking the tires on faith, maybe you would even consider yourself a skeptic to Christianity. It's okay. God can handle it. And I'd rather you doubt out loud than disbelieve in silence. But here's the deal. The very first skeptics of the resurrection were the disciples. And God met them in a visceral way. He made himself known to them. And my prayer is that he'll do the same for you. And you'll remember what he's told you about himself, about you, and about other people. Because God came to tell you the truth. Because he is the truth. If Easter is a new day dawning, friends, we can leave the graveyards of our past. We can live with purpose and mission and meaning. And finally, if Easter is a new day dawning, a second chance, we can learn joy. Look at verses 8 through 10. And by the way, joy is learned. Happiness is experienced through external circumstances that go up and go down. Joy is an eternal condition of your heart. And I want you to listen to this. Listen to verse 8. The women ran quickly. They did exactly what they were told. They ran quickly from the tomb. And listen to their, their emotions. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. Don't you love that? And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. These two big emotions, right? Fear and joy living right beside one another in verse 8. And you know, so many of us think that 
fear, right, is something that if I have, that I can't, I, I can't be trusting God. I can't have any faith in God. I, I must not be living the right way. But look at this passage. The women are on mission. They're going. They're leaving the graveyard. They're living on, 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 with purpose. And yet they still have fear. And here's what I want to tell you tonight. That what brings you the greatest joy will first bring you great fear. What brings you the greatest joy will oftentimes first bring you the, great, the greatest fear. What does that mean? Well, if I'm honest with you, I'm, I'm fearful oftentimes to be completely vulnerable. I'm, I'm fearful to, to be known fully. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful to trust anyone f- fully. But on the other side of that fear is eternal joy. When I understand that the one who knows me best God himself loves me most. That on the other side of my fear of of being vulnerable, of being honest, of being broken, is the greatest joy ever of experiencing God's grace and wholeness and love in my life. I love what the therapist says to Ted Lasso. I can't remember what episode it's in. Remember, he runs out of the session like three or four times because he, he's so afraid to be honest and, and vulnerable. There's so much that he's holding on to. And so many of you tonight are holding on to so many things in your heart. It's so heavy. And finally, the therapist looks at, at Ted and says, you know, Ted, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll take you off. The truth will set you free. But oftentimes, it's very difficult to hear it. And we're very fearful about hearing it. The truth about God, about ourselves, about other people, but it will set us free. And that's what Jesus came to do. Plato said it this way, we can easily forgive a child for being afraid of the dark. Listen to this. The real tragedy is when grown men are afraid of the light. Here's the good news. The one that knows you best knows everything about you, knows more about you than you know about yourself. The one who made you and walks with you loves you the most. So you can live with the emotion of fear but not take counsel of it. You can experience fear and great joy at the same time time. Why were these women on, the, on, the, on Easter morning so fearful? Well, they're in Jerusalem and they have a sentence on them too. They could have been arrested and crucified right alongside of Jesus and yet they're able to walk into dangerous places, broken places with great joy and we can do the same because it's a condition of our heart, not a circumstance outside of us. Look at verse five with me. The gospel is this. The angel says to them, don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus. And again, so many of you here tonight in many different ways are looking for Jesus in your life. And the message of the resurrection is not to be afraid. Don't take counsel of the fear that you're experiencing. The gospel is always Jesus coming to you and meeting you in your brokenness and your fears. And remember this, that a broken heart is an open heart. 
A heart that is broken is a heart that is open. What does that mean? It means for those of you who come in here tonight with a broken heart, it's an opening for the grace of God, the joy of Christ to enter into your your heart. For those of you who don't have any brokenness in your heart, oftentimes it's hard for God to get in because you feel like you got it all figured out. And it's not until we hit the bottom or we hit some uh, type of brokenness when the storm comes uh, and the rains hit our heart that it softens up the soil and allows God's grace and love to come in. So if you have a broken heart this Easter weekend, just take, um, take joy in knowing that a broken heart is an open heart for God to work in and through. And don't be afraid, everyone watch this, don't be afraid to trust God with what makes you most afraid. Easter turned our greatest fear, death, into our greatest joy, life. And what's our response to all of this? Look at verse 9. Jesus comes and meets them while they're on their way to the disciples, which this is such a great picture of the gospel. God coming to us, right? God meeting us on our journey, right on our path. And he does that. Uh, for, for the women who are running. He meets them, and what's their response? They grab his feet, verse 9, and they worship him. That's our response to the resurrection, to grab a hold of Jesus and to worship him with our lives. You know, 600 years before Christmas, I know it's Easter, but 600 years before Christmas, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words about Easter in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. He said, in the land of darkness, a great light has dawned. Let me me say it another way. Easter is a new day dawning. Easter is a new day dawning. And because of that, friends, we can leave the graveyard of our past. We can leave the graveyard of our mistakes and our failures, our shortcomings. We can live with a sense of purpose and meaning. We can use our story, especially our broken story, to tell the story of Jesus to other people, right? And we can learn joy, especially in the midst of pain and fear We can choose to live a life of joy and to count it all joy when we face trials of many kinds. We can live in the light of Easter. We can live with the joy of seeing for the first time. That's the message of Easter. To Christ be the glory. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you are the one who made light and you have brought light into our lives today. Through the resurrection, we're given a second chance. A second chance to know you, to experience you, and to live with you. And so I wonder tonight if there's someone here who would say, 
I've never trusted Jesus in that way. And I've never known the gospel in the way I've heard it tonight, of God coming to me. I've always thought about religion, me going to God. But I heard tonight the message of Jesus, the message of forgiveness and grace and love that's not earned by me but given by God. If you're here tonight and you would say, I'm not following Jesus, I'm not sure I'm following Jesus, and this Easter weekend, I want to be. If that's where you are this weekend, I'm gonna ask you just to look up at me. I'm not following Jesus, I'm not sure, and I want to be. God bless you guys. I'm gonna invite each of you to pray this prayer with me and for those of you who have prayed this prayer to receive Christ before, I want you to hear it as a remembrance of what God has told you about yourself. If that's your heart tonight, if you looked up at me, would you just pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's heart? God, I believe Jesus is your son and that he did die on the cross to save me from my sins. And I do believe that he rose from the grave and he defeated my death so that I could be a part of his forever family. So this weekend, this Easter weekend, because of what Jesus has done, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to give me eternal life. I invite you into my heart and into my whole life. I wanna trust you, Jesus, and I wanna follow you as my Lord. So help me and help all of us, Jesus, to live our life in a way that tells your story, that reminds other people of your great love and light for them and we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen.